we're going to continue to uh, uh, preach and teach on the theme of prayer, purpose, and possibilities. Um, but we're going to start also a, a, a little series right now um, on the spiritual uh, warfare, the spiritual realm. And often in, uh, it can be a matter of life and death. And I think sometimes we just gloss over the spiritual realm. We are physical beings, but we are also spiritual beings. And the battle is often fought, as we know from Scripture, in the heavenlies. And for some reason, I think the church has often got caught up in so many things, both, both good and bad, that they forgot that the enemy is, is out there and really came to seek and, and kill and destroy us and our families and our friends and our cities and our churches and our communities, right? And this enemy is, if this enemy is real, and he is real, right? If, 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 why are we letting him into our, our houses, right? Why are we allowing him into, into our homes? And if you really understood this, you would never do it. You would never allow it. And over and over again, over and over again, people of God, saints of God, um, have allowed him to get a foothold in their life. And that foothold eventually turns to a stronghold. And then he gets a grip on you and you're like, how do I get him off me? How do I get him away from me, right? How do I break these strongholds in, in our lives? How do we stop him from being, uh, getting from under his grip and under his control? So we're going to start a short series on spiritual warfare and how to fight this enemy. And today I bring you a message called The Battle Begins. Amen. The Battle Begins. And we're going to take a sneak peek into the enemy's camp and we're going to take a look at this enemy and try to understand this enemy and what, who he is and, and what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. But I won't leave you in that camp, right? We're going to move back into our camp into the victor's camp. Amen? Amen. We have victory in Jesus' name. But understand this, even though Jesus won the war, right, conquered the death, conquered the grave, there are new battles every day that are taking place, right? There are new fights that are taking place. There are new hills that need to be overcome and conquered in Jesus' name because this enemy is real and this enemy is taking prisoners and there's many people that are, in, that are, that are caught and they're captured and they're hostages and they need to be free. And we need, to, we need to understand this and we need to send out a rescue team, a mission, a rescue team to join forces with the Lord our God and Savior. So get ready because for many the battle is just beginning. For others the battle has been battling for many, many years. Because of this, some are tired. Some have quit. Some have given up. But for others, for other saints of God, they get back into the streets. They, they get back into the cities. They get back into the mix of things, right? And, and, and they're like, I want the land back. I want to take these hostages back. I want, to, I, want to get, I want to go on a rescue mission and help people and rescue people from sin and, and from Satan's grip. And over the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to fight this beast, and push back darkness and how to become overcomers and have to live the victorious life in Jesus' name. We are victory. We have victory in battle. Amen. We can have that in Jesus' name. Let the battles begin. Will you please turn to 1 John chapter 5. Beginning at verse 18, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the son of God come, has come and has given us understanding so that we might know who is true 
And we are in him who is true, even his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you bless this word and all that's said and done today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, war and waging war is something that people really don't like to talk about. If you ever watched a war movie or know someone that has been in war, you know the violence, you know the destruction that happens um, to people and to nations that are under war. You quickly understand why they don't want to speak about it. Why don't they want to remember a lot of that stuff? Especially if you are someone who has lived through those wars and those battles and, and sometimes the loss, the pain, and even the shame is just so overwhelming, even if you are on the winning side, right? But it, it could still be so overwhelming at times. Thinking about it for many, they just rather not do that. But imagine living when there was a war coming your way. I mean, you, you know it's coming your way. What would you, what would you do? Where would you go? On whose side are you going to be on? Where would you stand, right? In America these days, I think those lines are getting a little bit more cloudier at the moment. Many people have, in America have, have lost their, their pride and they don't know whose side they're on. They don't even know what we're fighting for uh, anymore. And they're born in this country in many cases. Often others have just come to this country really to escape war and slavery and bondage, right? And what do you do when you're facing war? What do you do when you're facing a battle? What do you do when lives are at stake, when your life is at stake? Imagine living in a time where you know in advance war is coming your way. You hear the stories. You start reading the reports. It's on the way. It's getting closer and closer and closer. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's coming your way. It's on the way, right? The planes are flying by. The bombs are starting to be dropped, right? In many ways, for many people, fear starts taking over. And some are going to just run away. And others are going to run to the front line and say, I got to get involved. I got to bear arms. I got to help out. I got, I got to help out, right? Others are just going to wait and hope and pray and believe it's just going to go away. But the news keeps coming, right? The news keeps coming and they keep praying and they keep hearing and they keep seeing and it's getting closer and closer and closer. Well, spiritual warfare is even worse than all of this because we often can't see with our natural eyes the battle that is raging, the battle that is warring in the spiritual. It's fought in the spiritual realm. It's fought in this supernatural uh, realm. And so it's very important for us to know the enemy for you to understand the enemy. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, you might want to just jot some of these notes down because you might not be able to turn that fast. Some of you are that good. But for the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and, and, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. The King James Version says against principalities, against powers. And so at times... You might not even be aware of this enemy, right? You often can't see this enemy. In fact, the enemy is, is, is not only in this, in this dark world, but in the heavenly realm, the Bible says. So we struggle a fight against the powers of this dark world, Ephesians 6, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So who is leading these evil spiritual forces? Who's leading it? If you said Satan, 
or the devil, you would be right. He's the leader. So let's talk about understanding this, this enemy in, in more detail. Let, let's talk about what the Bible teaches about the devil and demons so we can understand this enemy just a little bit better. John, the book of John says this world is under the control of the, of the evil one, the devil. And so he goes by many names. He's called the tempter, the ruler of demons, the evil one, Belshazzar, right? Uh, Belial. And he's called uh, a liar and the father of lies. He's a thief and a murderer. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. He's the God of this age. And the Bible says, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Blinded the eyes. He's the ruler of the air. And the book of 1 John says, the whole world is under the control of this evil one. So Satan has control and dominion over the air, the sea, and the ground. And he's very militant in his plans, right? And his strategies against the church and against, against God's kingdom. And he sends out soldiers and, and rulers and ancient agents and spiritual beings to do much of his evil work. Some call him Apollyon and Abaddon, right? Which means destroyer. And while Satan is the destroyer, the king of angels of the, uh, the abyss found in Revelation 9 is probably one of Satan's high ranking ruling angels. Again, a demon is a fallen angel, a spiritual being, a fallen angel. It very, varies in their power and authority, just like our military would be. Our army would have different leaders and different positions of authority, different um, positions of responsibilities, or, or the angels in heaven, right? They have different leaders and positions of authority and responsibilities. And so hell's demons, their, their fallen angels will also have different names and powers and, and authorities. And 52 times in, in scripture, the devil is called Satan. Isaiah 14 refers to him as the day star or the morning star and says, how you've fallen from heaven. And this word day star, when translated to Latin, means Lucifer. Lucifer. Now, sometimes we refer to Lucifer, we, we, we refer to Satan as little Lucy. But, and we might get a laugh now and then from it, but because we don't really want to give him any, any glory. We don't want to elevate him in any way. But the truth is, I never want to deal with the devil directly. The devil directly, face to face. I never want to do that. I never want to speak to him directly, right? I want Jesus always to be between me and that evil one. Always I want Jesus to be between me and that one. And if he comes my way and he wants to speak to me directly, speak to Jesus. I won't go speak to the hand, but I'll say speak to Jesus. Amen? Because Satan is a powerful foe, a powerful enemy, a powerful opponent. In Jude 6, even the archangel Michael didn't bring a slanderous accusation against him, but says the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Not I rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. In fact, we need to be careful really about slandering anybody. You know, everyone's slandering everyone these days. It's kind of it's kind of out of control. We need to be careful who we're slandering. Um, and really, we shouldn't. And sometimes I think we're way too fast, way too fast to criticize leaders and pastors and people in position of authority. And I think Jude is making the point that who we slander and, 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 and not to be so fast to criti criticize leaders and, and those in authority. And now, we are not to fear the devil nor are we to focus on him for too long of a time, right? But we are to know and understand this enemy. Glory is what he wants. 
glory is what he wants. He wants to be like God and he craves it. And way too many people have elevated him to a godlike stature. But the truth is, we are to have a holy fear of God. Amen? Not man, not Satan. And while we know Satan is a very powerful fallen angel, he is not God. He is not even equal to God. He is not even opposite of God. He's powerful. Yes, he is. He's powerful. So don't deal with him if you don't have to. Don't, don't, don't mess around with him. But his powers and his, and, his, and his abilities come at limitations. It's limited. He's not God. Lucifer, the devil, is a created being, right? He was created by God and is not more powerful than God. He can't be everywhere. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know what you're thinking. Him and his demons listen to what you say. So they don't read your mind, right? They don't read your mind. They listen to what's on your mind. I don't know if you got that, but they listen to what's on your mind, right? They hear what you're saying. They listen to what you're saying. They hear all your grumbling. They hear all your complaining. They hear all the nonsense that comes out of our mouth. They hear all our fears and our stuff. They hear our lack of faith because we're speaking it out so often and we should be speaking other things of truth and things of God, right? And then they use those things that came out of your mouth and they use them against you. He's patient. He's extremely wise, he's intelligent, and he is a spirit being as well as all the other fallen angels. And we would call them demons or the demonic or evil spirits. Luke 10 verse 18 says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And prior to the fall due to the sin of pride, his main place we find was in heaven with God. He was a high-ranking anointed cherub, right? An angel involved in the worship and praise of God. The Bible says the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. It is believed that he was the, the head worshiper in heaven, right? Adorned with every precious jewel imaginable. So he was shining, he was shining brightly. One, one writer, a writer said this, that he was designed with pipes coming out of him so sound and music and sparkle emulated from him at all times. When he breathed, when he talked, sound and glory and music came out of him. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, For Satan himself masks arrayed as an angel of light. So he's a pretender. He's a pretender. He pretends to be something that he's not. He wants all worship. He wants to be praised like God, right? But then he rebelled against God and he's still trying to gain glory for himself. So he masquerades like an angel of light. He wants to trick people. He wants to deceive people, right? He wants to distract people. He wants to fool people. And some of his names evoke power and some evoke fear. And really start to show you who he is. Some call him the dragon, the great dragon. Some call him the serpent. Satan means adversary. The devil means false accuser or slanderer. And there are other names um, and traits that we need to watch out for. Like a roaring lion. And some say that he has a great raw but no bite. And again, 1 John 5 says in verse 18, the one who is born of God keeps them safe 
and the evil one cannot harm them. That's a promise of God. You need to get that. That's a promise of God for the children of God, but not for all humans, right? Because we're not all his child. So God is not taking us out of the battle. You need to get that. He's not taking us out of the the battle, but he's protecting his children from the battle, right? With the evil one around. John 17, Jesus prays for protection over us. And not that we're removed from this world, but that we are protected. In other words, he keeps us from worldliness and hardship and apostasy and trouble and evil. And we need to find these promises of God in Scripture and read Scripture and learn Scripture and hold on to it as the truth, the words of God. So when this liar shows up, when this liar comes knocking at your door, when this thief wants to steal from you, when he wants to start telling you you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not brave enough, you're not beautiful enough, right? Nobody loves you, nobody cares for you, right? Don't listen to that enemy, that thief. Now maybe you're sick, right? And he gives you a bad report. Right? Don't listen to his report. Listen to God's report. Don't listen to everything that he says. And the list goes on and on and on. And then you have to start understanding his schemes and his strategies and his, and his tricks, the strategies of this beast. You also need to learn how to resist him and fight in Jesus' name. Amen. But the problem that many people have, they don't believe. They don't, they don't, they don't understand him and they don't even think that he's real. Hollywood has made him out to be mysterious and a creature. Maybe he's in a black hoodie or a black, or a black robe or a red robe or whatever he comes, right? And his, his eyes are red and his tongue is split and he has, he has a red tail, right? And so we, so we perceive evil, right? But we watch it so much on TV these days that it no longer frightens people. Boo. Nobody's scared. You laugh, but zombies, werewolf, all these things. People have just got used to all of it. They're number one sellers in Christian homes as well. It's so sad. But I assure you, the devil is real. Demonic is real. Witchcraft is real. Ouija boards, real. Horoscope, real. And some of these video games that, are, that people are playing are portals, right? They're portals that bring you into the occult, into the dynamic realm and the demonic arena. And it's just a game. Oh, it's just a game. It's not real. Don't take this stuff lightly. The spiritual demonic realm is real. If you ever really experience it, you know what I'm saying is true. Don't play with it. Stay away from it. It's dangerous. It's not a game. It's a trap from the enemy. Just stay away from it. Period. That's my youth. Period. That's right. You will be unprotected. Now listen, there's frauds out there in all types of businesses and churches and arenas and places, right? That doesn't mean this stuff is not real and it's not harmless. Stay away. Stay away from playing with tarot cards, right? Stay away from people that are, that are they're calling out for the spiritual voices to be spoken to or, or calling up upon people who have passed away to come back and speak to you. It's evil. It's demonic. It's not fun. It's not games. And you might think it, it's just fun and games. It's not. It's real. You leave yourself unprotected and you're lured into a trap like a fish hook. You're lured into it and you take that bite and, it, and, and it's going to lead you to destruction. Often, since the devil is mostly invisible in, in general, people think that he's not real and he's 
and he's harmless. Some other people think that he is invincible because how do you fight something that you can't even see? So they're like, he's invincible. Some want to praise him or elevate him to positions of power and prestige that he doesn't deserve. We need to understand, even if we can't see him, even if we can't see him, he is real and his crew is real and they really want, want to hurt you. Even if we don't understand him, that doesn't mean he's not real. It just means you don't understand him. He really wants to harm you, kill you, hurt you, destroy you. In fact, he loves the fact that you think he doesn't exist. He loves the fact that many people don't see him as a threat. He loves that. He loves that. This allows him to hide in the shadows. In fact, this allows him to hide in plain sight. This allows him and his other demons and minions to hide right in front of you or to stand right in front of you because you don't believe it's real, so you don't even see it, right? And now we're all masked, right? Now, and now we go out there and it's like you, you can't even, you don't even see a smile anymore, so you don't even, you don't even know if someone's evil lurking behind it because you don't see their expressions, you don't see their face. You, you, you know, it's not just the words that we hear. We're expressional people. I'm a Diana. Like, we have expressions, right? No? Okay, you're awake today. Amen. We need to be aware of his schemes, his tricks. Why? Because he wants to sow discord and chaos and confusion and disharmony and disunity. Look at the last year. How many people are just haters and want to be... There's a lot of stuff in this world, but we see that this, it's, 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 it's gone crazy. You don't think because you don't see him, he's not there, you're greatly mistaken. If you don't think, if you don't think you are not bothering him or he's not bothering you, you're greatly mistaken, right? If you think he's just gonna go away and leave you alone, right? You're greatly mistaken. Let me tell you something, bullies don't leave you alone. That's how they got their name as bully, right? They're a bully. They're not leaving you alone. Oh, just don't look at them. You know, it used to be growing up, don't, don't look at their sneakers, don't touch their sneakers. They will beat you up. Some will beat you up for looking. A bully, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know, I grew up in Brooklyn. You know, Listen, whatever, we all have different experiences, so I'm not trying to tell you how to experience it. I'm just telling you my experiences. We grew up in chaos. That's not of God. That's of the enemy of God. We ought to be in harmony. We ought to be one mind, one people living together. Christ crosses over all these things. When we're fine, oh, you gotta, I don't know what's going on right now, but maybe this is the topic, but let me tell you, we ought to love each other in Christ Jesus and that breaks all barriers. Come on, church, come on. You know it's true. The battle with the, the devil and his minions, it's unavoidable. Battles are coming, battles are here, it's unavoidable. Especially if you're a child of God. Why? He wants your heart and soul. He wants your mind. He's gonna do everything in his power to take it away. He's gonna do everything in his power to make you think you're bad and not good and not saved and not safe. He wants to bring you down. We need to understand the schemes of this enemy. Let me tell you this too. He's not everywhere, right? You have probably never met Satan yourself. You're like, the devil made me do it. 
You have never, I, I know most of you here, you've never met the devil directly. You never come face to face with him. You might have come face to face with his, his teammates, his demonic evil spirits. Oh sure, we've, we've all faced that in some way. He will use every method, every tactic, any, every strategy, right? Maybe he will use demons. Maybe he will use a family member. Maybe he will just use humans, right? Friends, right? They're all over the place, right? He's so clever. And he has an army, right? An army of, of evil that is beck and call, right? Ready to do us harm. Ready to take us off course. Ready to take us off our calling. In fact, he might just simply make you so comfortable, in your church, in your home, in your community, around, around everyone that you feel safe about. So you simply do nothing. It's all about safety, safety, safety. One thing, that I, that, one thing about this past year, it's all about safety. So the church stopped acting like the church. We are living in, in dangerous times. We need to stand up. We need to stand up and fight. We need to stand up and take some chances and know that we're protected under God, but with wisdom, with his authority, not, not flesh, but his authority. He will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes, he has all these ideas to come up with. He studies you, he watches you, right? He's seeing your habit, he's seeing your ways, he's seeing your own tricks, he's seeing your own deceits and going, oh, I got this one now, I know what he's doing, I got this one now. He, he's using your strategy against yourself. He wants to crush you, he wants to hurt you, he wants to deceive you, he wants to defame you, he wants to divide you, he wants to disgrace you, he wants to devour you, he wants to distract you, he wants to disturb you and eventually want you to die without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Many church leaders and pastors won't even preach a sermon like this at all. It's all nice, nice, nice. Happy, happy, happy. Everything is just fine. Listen, we need, we, we need happy, right? Because so much mess in the world. So I get that type of thing. I, I get that type of, of that type of preaching and teaching, you know, I've been at some of these uh, some of these conventions and stuff like that. You just want to hear a good word and be lifted up because you don't want to face the enemy. You don't want to face your troubles. I, I get that, right? And so we're about praise and worship and celebration on Sunday. I get that, but we need to understand that there's so many of, of church people that are dying and going going to hell. At Crossroads, we want to teach you the truth about God's word, and we want you to know that there's a real enemy, but we also want you to know there's a real Jesus. Amen. All right. All right. Yeah. You need to understand the enemy. You need to understand his schemes. You need to know what you're fighting against and who you're fighting for. And you need to know what weapons work against this enemy. Right. Imagine having a weapon and you're trying to use it. Boom, boom, boom. He's like, see, I'm pointing to my strong man right here. He's got guns. Right. So I go boom, boom, boom. He's like, that can't help. That can't hurt me. And he keeps marching forward. We need to know the weapons that we can use to destroy this, this, this evilness. Right. And we are in a war regardless if we want to hear it or not. The enemy is real regardless if we believe it or not. He's coming forward whether we know it or not, right? And he, and he wants, you, and he wants to, dis, to destroy you and deceive you, right? He wants you to be dead in your faith. He wants you to be dead in your beliefs. He wants you to be dead in your zeal, dead in your passion, dead in your prayers, dead in your faith. He wants you to die. He's not your friend, he's not your buddy. He wants you to die, church. And as long as you don't see him as a real threat, you are unprotected. You're not paying attention to what's happening. You are not battle ready for the war that is here and the war that's approaching. 
You often can be lazy and complacent and in many times compliant. You know, I believe in law. I'm not going to go there this morning. No, I'm not going to go there. But listen, we can be compliant to a fault. He's an expert in deception, distraction, destruction. He's been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. He can keep you so busy running around with life, family, friends, work, school, career, making money and then making more money and then going back to make some more money, right? He takes you out of the battle. You're over there doing the things, yeah, the good things. But God has greater things for you and you're missing it while you're doing good things. Now some of you are doing bad things, stop it. Right, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just saying, you out there in, in this digital world, you know you are out there, you know you're doing some bad things, bad things. I don't know, all right, <laughs> whatever. We, we, we need to learn how to fight and combat this, this warrior, this demonic angel. We need to understand this enemy, right? It's a real battle. There's a battle for your life. There's a battle for your children. Oh, I'm so glad you came with children. I saw someone else come with children. And we already had some children out there. I love that. I almost got to tears because we've been praying for you to come in. Children are our future. We need to protect them. We need to love them. We need to raise them up in the things of God. And we need to stop, we need to stop living in such a way that they learn that Jesus is not real. He's real. And he really loves us. If we don't understand these things, we're in deep trouble. And guess what, church? The churches across the world are in a lot of trouble. And America is in a lot of trouble. Because the churches, the churches, the backbone of America, the churches across America have mostly fallen asleep. In many ways, they don't even believe in Satan. They don't believe, they don't even believe in miracles. Let alone that Satan is real. They've forgotten how to fight. Now, let me tell you, we're going into the ends of days and the ends of times. The battles are going to intensify. Battle up. Get ready. It's going to intensify. He's going to come out of hiding more and more and more because the end is near. So he has to start taking more chances. He has to come out more. He has to show his, his face more. Why? Because the end is near and he knows it, right? He knows that the game is over. And to him, the game is, is, is a game. It's just a game to him. He's already lost. He already knows it. So he's taking as many prisoners that he can with him. Why? Because he's evil. He's evil. He's evil. This is not fun. Spiritual battles are going to intensify. So we have a crisis on our hands. So I wonder, where are the watchmen? Where are the armor bearers? We're the spiritual warriors, the, the intercessors. We need to be able to call out and say, intercessor, intercessor, intercessor. We need to start calling out our intercessors and rise up. Watchmen, rise up. Armor bearers, rise up. It's time for us to take this spiritual realm and understand this stuff is real. We need our intercessors to press in hard, to push, push. Not just a little bit, not quit, right? Last Wednesday night, our devoted time of prayer and fellowship was a wonderful time. We were, we were decreeing and declaring things over the church and over the people and over this community and the surrounding areas. Because we believe there's power in prayer and power in praise and power in family, in unity. 
Oh, you can't all come home with me and stay in my house and sleep. Right? I get that. But we can be family. We can be community. We can start caring for each other. We can start loving each other. And if we can't do it in the house, we're not doing it on the street for sure. And we're not going to do it when we have conflict. Because as soon as we have conflict, we start taking sides. And I understand that. I don't want to get into all that. I'm just saying is family needs to stick together. But what sticks us together is Jesus Christ. Not all the other things. It's Christ and him alone. Last Wednesday was a beautiful time. I hope you can start coming out to those times. I honestly believe that it's the backbone of a strong church. We're believing for miracles. We're believing for strongholds to be broken. These devoted times are important times. I think it's just just as important as Sunday morning. It's a different format, but it's just as important. Thank you guys for making the change, too, and making sure you come out and appreciate that. Praying Church is a powerful church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many people just staying home watching TV, fooling around, joking around, sleeping, and also sleeping around. You know, stay on point, Anthony. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. You know, you know, we have to go to work. I get it. We have to work. I, I worked for 30 years. I'm still working. Some, sometimes you get paid more. Sometimes you get paid less. You know, in the garden, there's a freebie for y'all. The garden, when, when Adam and Eve were working, they weren't working for pay. They were working for God. And he supplied all their needs. Amen. Oh, you'll get that tomorrow. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm. Men of courage. Women of courage, stand firm. Right? Be, be strong. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. We're in a battle for our lives. Maybe next week we'll talk more about these things. Right? It's coming to a neighborhood by, by you if it hasn't been there already. Right? It's coming by. If it's not bothering you, then maybe you're playing for the wrong team. Maybe you're simply out of the game already. Right? If he's leaving you alone... Perhaps you, can, you should consider maybe that you're not his enemy. For many, for some, maybe you're simply working for him. Ouch. What? Write this down. 1 John 3, 7 through 8. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous. Just as he is righteous. Listen to this, verse 8. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. John, Jesus said in John 8 verse 44, and he's speaking to the religious people of his time, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he's speaking his native language, for he's a liar and the, and the father of all lies. When we sin, we're often doing the work of the devil, and some are doing the work of their father. And I don't mean Father God. Jesus was speaking to the righteous people. He was speaking to the church of that day. Nothing new under the sun, right? Right? Amen. That's right. And maybe you don't sin on purpose. And maybe you don't even realize when you do sin, right, what's happening. And if you're not careful, you might be playing for the wrong team. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. We must understand that we don't fight with our natural weapons. 
We fight with supernatural weapons, according to Ephesians 6, which tells us, armor up, be battle ready. And in future messages, we're going to talk about Ephesians 6 and the, and the armor. Now, 1 John 3, verse 8 says, this, the reason, the reason the Son of God, Jesus, appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who's born of God will continue sinning because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. So let me be clear here. The enemy of God is, is the devil and his demons, and they're real. And since the Garden of Eden, this, this, this devil has been really messing with humans. We know this. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they placed their trust in the devil, a created being, instead of in creator God, right? And when they did that, they sinned. And sin separates us from God, and God is holy and good and pure and perfect, right? And humans have been dealing with this devil ever since the fall of mankind. But we too fall, and we too fail. And the Bible has said we have all fallen. We have all fallen short. We have all missed the mark. We have all failed. And sin leads to death whether we like it or not. But God came to seek and save those that were lost. He came for a rescue mission, right? But the devil came also to seek also to kill and destroy. Why? Because again, he's evil. And that's what evil does. Take away and destroy, right? Jesus didn't just come to save us. Get this. He also came to destroy the work of the devil. The Bible also says that the Lord, the Lord appeared, Jesus appeared or manifested himself so that he might take away our sins. And in him, Christ, Jesus, there is no sin. So let me say it this way. Jesus, the perfect one, came to seek and save us from the work of the devil, the enemy of God. In fact, Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. And so if we are in Christ Jesus, right, then we need to fight the good fight as well, right? We need to fight the devil's plans and the devil's schemes, right? We need to resist him in Jesus' name. We need to be aware that there is an enemy out there. Be aware, right? And when we sin, we turn back to God in repentance. I don't want to just gloss over that. But when you sin, that doesn't mean you're no longer a child of God at that moment. But you are to repent. And when we are habitually sinning over and over again, continually doing that, we, we, we should stop using the devil as an excuse to sin. 1 John 5 verse 18 says, We know that anyone born of, the, of God does not continue to sin. This means stop it, cut it out. Stop it. Stop habitually sinning. 1 John 3 verse 4 says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. And so while the world is under Satan's control, we are not under Satan's control. Oh, thank you for the one in the back. We are not under Satan's control. We need to understand this. We need to understand who Jesus is, understanding the Savior. And around four times in our text, the word know jumped out at me. To know, to understand. Verse 18, we know that everyone born of God does not continue to sin. Verse 19, we know that we are children of God. Verse 20, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true. Even the Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and the eternal life. So we know 
these things. We can know Christ and his saving grace and his love and his mercy. But to know him and understand these things, we must be saved. We must be born again. We must be a child of God. And, and the Lord even calls us his children. How great is that? And then he gives us further warning in verse 21. Dear children. Oh, so sweet. Dear children. Right? Keep yourself from idols. Whack! <laughs> right? Dear children. Now keep yourself from idols. So let me ask you this question. Are you a child of God? Do you love Jesus? Are you one of his followers? And I mean, are you really? Right? Not just empty words. Not just idle words not just empty words are you really a follower because if you are then that means you have something that you're supposed to be doing that you are called into action right you are called to fight the good fight of faith this is to you, you are to walk in your calling walk in your authority walk in it and yes it will be dangerous right whenever there's a fight or a battle it's dangerous and people are going to get hurt we understand that but you need to get involved anyway because lives are in the balance we need to stop being sidelined and watching from afar. Oh, is that a battle? Is that city burning? Oh, can I have another slice of pizza? Oh, yeah. Is that burning? Is that messed up? Yeah, it is. Can I have another banana? I'm getting hungry now. You know that, right? <laughs> There's a battle happening whether you know it or not. It's for your life whether you know it or not. It's for your family whether you know it or not. It's for your children whether you know it or not. Amen? Many people receive Jesus and they feel good and they feel safe, right? And they say, well, I'm just saved, right? That's the beginning. Salvation is the beginning, not the end. And I think people are thinking, oh, I made the team. Yay! I made the team. And I don't want to gloss over that. Yes, I want you to make the team. Just like the thief on the cross in that last hour, he made the team. Well, that's beautiful. But for him, he died and that was the end. For us, we live. It's not the end, right? It doesn't stop there. Some, some sinner did, a, did a, 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 a sinner's prayer and then they live like the devil. News alert. It's not that simple. Don't be so comfortable. Too many have this idea. Once saved, always saved. And that means that they can then live however they please. Do whatever they want. Live like a devil and a demon, right? It doesn't work that way. I don't believe it works that way. And I'm not going to go into all that today. We've had other conversations about it arguing and debating the framework of that thought because greater minds than, than mine haven't conquered it yet theologically in my opinion. But we are not to habitually sin. Let me be clear about that, right? And if you do, consider maybe you're not a child of God. At a minimum, you need to repent. At a minimum. And also, stop blaming the devil for, for, your, for your dirty deeds. We're not... We're constantly blaming him for our choices knowingly. You know, let me just say something else. If I drop this by accident and I go, oops, that was a mistake. When I purposely knock it over and get myself in trouble, it's not a mistake. All right. We need to start fighting his, his schemes. Start resisting him in Jesus' name. And while we're all flesh and bones, right? We're going to fail. We're going to fall short. We're going to mess up. But stop doing his bidding. Satan's bidding. The devil's bidding in his work. We fight together as people of God. Arm in arm. Together we're stronger as one. The church is supposed to be united. The church is supposed to be strong. 
The church is supposed to be on mission. The church is supposed to have love and love each other. And if we need to love each other first, and then we go out into the world, we get filled up first and then go into the world, we fight together as people of God. Are you his child? Are you his child? Have you received him? If you say yes, then are you living for him? And I mean really living for him. Are you fighting for the Lord? Are you on his side? Are you on his team? If you're not in the, in the battle against darkness, then are you on the sideline, simply not being active? If you're not busy doing the things that he has called you to do, then maybe you lack some understanding of your calling and your mission, right? Understand this, as long as you're out of the battle, you're affecting the church and the saints of God that are around you. And you might be the reason why they're failing as well. Because your praise and prayers and protection did not go up. We affect each other. I believe that. 1 John 5.20 we, we know also that the Son of God has come and is giving us an understanding so that we may know whom, Him who is true. If you are born again, you're a child of God and you know the truth. That God has given you access to him, especially since the work of the cross. We have access to God through Jesus Christ. The veil has been torn. It's no longer a barrier between us and God. Only our own personal sin barrier that breaks and hinders our relationship with God Almighty. Sin separates us from God. And the more we sin, the more we sin, the further we move away from God. And God has given us his son. And God has given us, the Bible says, greater understanding. And today I want you to be aware of the enemy of God and that he rules over the air and the sea and the earth. But we are not to fear him. We are to resist him. We are to know that he exists and then help destroy the work of Satan, devil, Lucifer in Jesus' name. And once we understand this, then... Then we need to learn what to do next. And over the next few weeks, we'll continue to talk more about spiritual warfare and speak about the Holy Spirit and the power of Pentecost Sunday next week and how to fight these battles and how we get battle ready and become overcomers. When we look at the battles of life, we can often forget who won the war. Jesus of Nazareth won the war. Let me wrap this up. We first gained an understanding of the enemy. We learned that he's real and that he has an army and he wants to hurt us. We start learning about his strategies and his tactics and, and many of them, their schemes are old. They're ancient. They're old. He just keeps repeating them over and over again. Nothing's new under the sun. But you still fall into the same snares and traps, right? Keep, man keeps falling into the same snare, the same trap, same lure of pleasure, of beauty, of wealth. And those things often are not intrinsically bad in themselves, but we've made them and we use them for the wrong motives and intention. We also need to gain understanding of Jesus Christ and the work on the cross, the finished work on the cross. His work on the cross was to overcome the schemes of the devil Satan tried to kill him, but Christ is the only perfect one. And even though he died on the cross, Satan's power could not keep him in the grave. So Jesus overcame the grave. Jesus overcame the death, death, right? Because he's the only sinless one. He's the only perfect one. And now those who place their trust in Jesus Christ 
the Messiah can live a victorious life. We don't have to be under, under the heavy hand and bondage of, of Satan and his demonic forces. We can be overcomers in Jesus' name. And we should be overcomers in Jesus' name. We should have the biggest smiles from ear to ear because we, we know our Redeemer lives. And one day we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. And it's going to be a great party in heaven. I want to be there and I hope you're all there with me as well. To have a forever relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? But while living on earth, there's still going to be bullies and battles and things that need to be fought, right? And, as, and we also need to fight it in the heavenlies. Satan is a, making a desperate attempt right now to put people in hell and bring them to hell, right? Hell's a real place. Heaven's a real place. If it wasn't so, the Bible would have told us so. If Satan wasn't real... The gospel and the Bible would tell us so, right? We know that we have to still fight these, these demons and demonic forces, but it's through spiritual warfare. So often we try to use our personal and physical weapons, right? We use words. Sometimes we use money. We use science. We use technology, right? We use worldly wisdom, trying to fight these battles that are really spiritual and demonic ones. And as a church and as a, pe a people of God, as long as we keep thinking in worldly terms, we will stay worldly ourselves. Weak, confused, beat up, banged up, or whatever you want to call it. But the battle, which are spiritual in nature, need to be combated with spiritual weapons. First, to make sure we're on the right team. And so you don't need, you need Jesus. You might not know you need Jesus, but you need Jesus to be Lord and to, for him to be Lord and Savior. Because you will not be able to fight the fight if you are not his child. You're not going to be able to fight evil, true evil, without being a disciple of Christ. First, you need to invite him into your heart, into your life. Speak to him from your heart. Tell him just Tell them, whether it's in your mind or outward, just tell them, I'm a sinner. I failed. I made mistakes. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I need you to be Lord of my life. I invite you in. Once you do that, once you say the sinner's prayer, right, things don't end there. It begins there. New life begins there. New creation begins there. Now you need to join the battle and the battle lines and help however you can fight against the evil one. Yes, it's dangerous, church. It's dangerous. Some people are going to lose that battle. But if they're a believer, they're a winner. Man, there's going to be casualties. But very often people are casualties because they're fighting it in their own way. They're fighting it with their own will. They're fighting it with their own methods and their own power. They're fighting it in their own authority. It's not how you fight these dark forces, these demonic forces. They have to be met with a stronger power the power of Jesus Christ Almighty. He's God. He's all-powerful. He knows everything. He is everywhere. There's none like Him. And so once we, un un we unite with Jesus Christ and make Him Lord of our life, once we become saved and born-again believers, we become His child, we start gaining access to the supernatural realm. Supernatural realm. The most powerful weapons. We got them. Not because we're in America. Because we're children of God. 
So we have, we have the most powerful weapon, 2 Corinthians, write this down, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we live in a world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ Jesus. So our weapons are not of this world and these weapons are specifically and specially designed for God's people for his children they have divine power right to blow up and demolish these strongholds they have destructive power against the enemies of God Ephesians 1 verse 3 praise be to God and father of Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us blessed us blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So while a fight is against these powers of darkness and spiritual forces, right, God has given us weapons that are not of this world, blessings, right, to combat these things, spiritual blessings, we need to ask for them, church. Ask for them. They're assigned to you already. And you know, I've said this before, God, God, I don't want to get to heaven and see a room filled with my name on it, with every spiritual blessing waiting for me, for all the provisions and promises and healings and miracles in heaven. When I get there, I'm like, what is that, what is that big, big, large building with all my name on it? Promises and provisions you never asked for. And I just wanted to pour it out on you, but you never asked. You never spoke with me. You never cried out to me, right? We have access to all of these things. Ask for it. Remember, we're already blessed, already blessed in the heavenly, the heavenly realm with every, every spiritual blessing. You might not get every spiritual blessing, but you have access to it as God wills, as you need it. He will give it to you. He will pour it out. Ask for a church. Believe in faith. Align with his will. Understand his words. He will bless you. He has blessed you. He will continue to bless you. So the next time you're frustrated with people and politics, right, and governments and even church, understand that your best efforts alone can only fight flesh and blood. But our enemy is greater than flesh and blood and bones and soul. A lot of times what we see happening it's not the root of the problem. It's a flesh problem. But we can only fight it in the spiritual realm. What you don't see often, if God would open up your spiritual eyes, you would see into the spiritual realm and you would see a war that's raging in the heavenlies. If we keep fighting man, if we keep fighting our brothers and sisters, right? Then we then we then we miss the enemy. And too often. People are fighting God like he's the enemy. And when we do that, church, there's really no hope, right? We already are condemned because God came to seek and save those that were lost. He didn't come to condemn the world. And so when we fight against God, we reject his truth and we stand already condemned. We stand condemned because we didn't receive his love and his mercy. Understand there's a battle. It's not against God. It's not even against man. It's against the evil one, the devil, the slanderer, the deceiver, these demonic forces, these powerful warriors. And so when there's chaos and confusion and struggle around us, go to Jesus. Pray to Jesus. We should not be afraid of these things. 
because we're a child of God and we are called by name and we're called dear children and we need to see God's hand in everything that we do and everything that we touch. We need to be moved and motivated by the Holy Spirit and God's power and authority. We walk as children of God and His power and His authority. And He's asking us to stand up and rise against this enemy and this darkness, right? And to help destroy the works of the enemy. And so church, as a body of believers, we fellowship, we come together, we unite arm in arm, right? Jesus came to seek and save and destroy the enemy's work, right? Jesus came to set up his kingdom on earth and Satan will be bound one day and thrown into the abyss after the millennial reign of Christ and eventually he will be cast into the lake of fire. But until that day, we are to stand alert. We are to resist the enemy in Jesus' name. We are to remain strong in our faith. Jesus is God and he is the true God, eternal life. Verse 21, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Too many of us have gone back to our idols. Let me tell you, what COVID did a year ago, it broke all the idols in a sense in the United States. Everything that we put up on a pedestal, everything that we put above God, it got destroyed, it got crushed, right? But we're going back, oh, I want normal again. I don't want normal anymore. I love the fact that the church was brought into our homes and into our work and into our school. I love that. If we're not careful, we're going right back to the way things were. Absence of God in our home. Absence of parents taking authority over their children. Right? Lawlessness and looting and chaos. It's of the enemy. It's not of God. Ephesians 2, 5 through 6. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins or dead in our transgressions. It's by grace. Grace. You're not anything great. He makes us great. It's by grace you have been saved. God raised us up with Christ. Hallelujah for that. And now we're seated where? I love this. We're seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I don't understand all this, how I'm here and there. But his word says I'm there, right? And so we now have access to God in the heavenly realm. We have access to God Almighty, right? We have weapons, mighty weapons, powerful weapons, right? That can destroy the same strongholds, right? We have godly wisdom. We have knowledge now, right? As children of God, we have access. Oh, that's one thing great. If, if your daddy was wealthy and rich and he's like, here's my credit card, you have access? Oh, you know you'd be charging it up. You know, right? You know you'd be charging it up. And what do we do? It's like, oh, we're poor. We're impoverished. Oh, I don't care what your bank account says. You got a mighty bank account in Christ Jesus in the spiritual realm. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to start activating our credit card. Oh, I don't want you to go in debt. You know what? I've been doing financial planning for a long time. I came to this church. I gave it all up, but my mind still understands it. I still think that way very often. And I've seen so many people in debt and destroying themselves and said, I don't know. Well, no. This word says to know, to know, to know, to know, to understand. You can change your future in Christ Jesus. Oh, he can take you from a pauper to a prince overnight. He can save nations, amen. He can feed the poor. He can do everything that we need to do in this country. And around the world, James 4 verse 7 says, Submit, submit, submit yourself to God. We submit first to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come near to God and he will come near to you. We're told to follow God and commit to his ways. Too often we're following idols and we're denying his truth. 
And then we're weak and we're broken and we're bruised. And we say, why God? Why? Why God? Because you're not following the truth. You can know it. And the truth can set you free. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me here? Remember, we are to understand the enemy who came to seek and destroy. But I want you to also understand your Savior who came to seek, right? To save and to give you life, abundant life in Christ Jesus. So we are to live by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of our heart. Father God, I just pray for everyone who hears my voice, oh God. Almighty God, I pray, oh God, that you will just touch us in the depths of our soul, God. And if someone today here or listening afar does not know you, Jesus, oh, reach in down to reach down into our hearts, Lord, and open up their mind to understand you, oh God. Oh, we know that you are the great I am. You are the great one, oh God. And we breathe because you allow it. We breathe because you spoke into existence us oh God you created us oh God hallelujah we love you oh God we love you oh God we give you all the praise and glory bless everything that was done in Jesus name let's sing this worship song and be blessed hallelujah I don't know about you but I'm charged up in battle ready this morning I want to jack in I want to jack in I'm ready this morning we have a song